0: Welcome to this shifting moment. For the next little while, we want to focus on the readings and responses. These readings come from Richard's vast library of thought leaders, teachers, and spiritual guides. And after the reading, we offer up a response. A response that's designed to garner a response in your own heart. It's designed to help you wake up, help you through your afternoon, help you wind down at the end of the day. Welcome to this shifting moment. We hope it helps.
1: Philip Newell, a contemplative orientation. A great modern prophet of restoring balance through spiritual practice was Thomas Merton a Trappist monk from Gethsemane Abbey in Kentucky. Merton was not calling us to monastic life. He was, however, inviting us to what he called a contemplative orientation to life. Regardless of our particular vocation, age, stage of life, marital status, family commitments, we are invited to find balance between being and doing, between inner awareness and outward engagement that will lead us to fuller fruiting of our lives and relationships. Merton said, we are living in a world that is absolutely transparent and God is shining through it all the time, in people and in things and in nature and events. But the problem is, we don't see it. Spiritual practice is about remembering to see. It is about intentional disciplines individually and collectively that will enable us to be more aware of the things of divine presence that are within us and all around us. It is about training our inner vision to remain alert to what is available at the heart of every moment. Spiritual practice is a desire for direct personal experience or existential grasp at the heart of life. The longing that drives the resurgence of spiritual practice today is not a quest for more beliefs about God. It is a desire to be yoked to the sacred, intimately joined to something sacred. Merton said, spiritual practice is not about an idea or concept of God. It is about seeking the experience of presence, accessing something at the heart of life. Being in touch with that something at the heart of life can affect the way we live our lives. At the age of 84, Carl Jung was interviewed about his life journey. The interview included recollections of some of his earliest moments of consciousness as a little boy when amid the trees and the growing things what he most wanted to do he said was crawl into the essence of nature. In the interview Jung was asked if he believed in God to which he responded I don't need to believe, I know." This was not an arrogant response. Jung was not claiming to know in an intellectual sense. Over his long life in psychoanalytical work, he had learned to crawl into the very essence of life, into the heart of the human mystery. In that way, he had experienced the essence. He knew it firsthand. And that was what was most important to Jung, rather than believing particular things about the essence. This, I believe, expresses the yearning at the heart of the rebirth of spiritual practice today, the yearning to experientially touch the center. In Merton's teachings on spiritual practice, we can discern a threefold pattern. The first, is his belief that spiritual practice is about remembering our essence. It is about remembering that what is deepest in us is of God. The second is the conviction that spiritual practice is about remembering that this essence is at the heart of each one of us and of all things. The third is his belief that we will find true strength for our work of transformation in the world only by digging deep into the foundations of our being. Enduring strength will be found not in our ego, but in our essence. In meditation, we penetrate the innermost ground of our life, allowing us to find our true meaning, not from the outside, but from the inside. It means that we identify ourselves not in terms of social status, race, religion, or sexual orientation, but by our truest identity in the very ground of our being. Merton says, we may not want to be seen as beginners in spiritual practice, but let's be convinced of the fact that we will never be anything else but beginners all our life. The first people to admit this are usually those who are most committed to the spiritual disciplines of silence, meditation, and mindfulness. In my work with groups across the Western world, I notice in our meditation practices together that nearly always each of the participants thinks that everyone else is doing a better job meditating than they are. We are all given to distraction and to the discomforts of the body and thoughts that keep taking us away from the center and from the deep remembering of our essence. Merton says true strength involves facing our nothingness in order to access our everythingness. It means facing the worst of us in order to discover the best. This does not involve a hatred of self, quite the opposite. It means respecting the self and nurturing the same in others. Merton says spiritual practice is not about self-important seriousness. We cannot take the lead for we do not know how to but we can give ourselves to the dance. We can let go with abandon to it and be carried by its endless rhythm in a relationship that is deeper and we can, than we can comprehend. But what is most serious about the dance is that each of us is needed. There is a place in the dance of the universe that no one else can take but each of us. Merton, in his lifetime, had come to believe that precisely at this point of dying to the ego, ego, we encounter God's fullness. It is precisely when the ego lets go of having to be in control that we can receive the universe's gifts most fully. The important work of spiritual practice is to access that fullness now for the sake of one another and for the world. And this is the work at the heart of a new rebirthing.
0: There's so much in that reading and so much we could pull apart. I think the thing that strikes me the most uh, were two things. One, the fact that we never want to be the beginner. And two, Just that example he used of a meditation class and every participant thinking that another person is meditating better than they are. I remember uh, taking singing lessons as a teenager and my teacher gave me a scale to sing and I sang it and I tried to sing it stylized and beautifully and as best as I could and she stopped me and she said, no, 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 no. We don't sing here. I just need you to play these notes. Play the notes. We'll get to the tough stuff later. And I promise you, I saw her for a year and a half. We never got to the tough stuff. Now, either that means I'm just a terrible singer or play the notes. Just play the notes. I think so much of our day, so much of our rhythm is trying to present this stylized, beautiful, practiced part of ourselves. And at the core, nobody really wants that. They just want you to play the notes. They want you to be who you are. And to do that, we have to embrace... The idea that we're always beginners, that we're always learning, and that there's always more. So today, as a spiritual practice, as a practice of depth, as a practice of being human, my hope for all of us is that we can just begin, that we can play the beginner, and that we can just play the notes.